0: Adam, we had the opportunity to speak with PB of Opus Orange over Zoom video. PB is from the Sacramento, California area, or just outside of Sacramento, between Sacramento and and Lake Tahoe. He talks about that and how he got into music. His dad bought his mom a piano when he was about eight years old for Valentine's Day. So they put him and his brother in lessons. Not only was he playing piano, but picked up bass, ended up playing in the jazz band in middle school and high school. He went to college at a conservatory for classical piano. When he graduated from there, he moved to Los Angeles. He talks about that. He talks about starting Opus Orange. This amazing opportunity he had to score a documentary. Having one of his songs played on Alt Nation and didn't even realize it for months. Heard about it like a couple months after the song had already been playing, that it was being played on Alt Nation. And he talks all about where he was when the lockdown happened and how that affected this new record called Object Lessons. You can watch our interview with PB on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. Be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Opus Orange. This podcast is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Cool. Very cool. So first off, talk to me about where were you born and raised?
1: I was born and raised outside of Sacramento in a little suburb called Fair Oaks.
0: Okay. What was it like Uh, up there?
1: Suburban. (laughs) Um, Okay. But, you know, it... Uh It wasn't quite what we think of suburbia, as in now with strip malls and chain chains and stuff. It was like in Fair Oaks. It was kind of farm, farmy, and there were uh like sometimes there'd be like a cow like in our street, like that kind of that kind of thing, and f- big fields of of uh, undeveloped land. So uh,
0: yeah, it w- it was mellow. Mm-hmm. There's chickens. Were you fairly close to? um Lake Tahoe or no, uh,
1: closer than Sacramento. Like, uh, yeah. On the, on the way from Sacramento, to Lake Tahoe, but Lake Tahoe is still about, I don't know, it takes an hour and a half or so. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah. I'm from way Southern California I'm from San Diego, but, um, I spent some time up that up that way in Northern California. So, ah, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, where did
1: you stay, spend time in the Bay?
0: Yeah. I lived in San Francisco for about five years. Yeah. So. Well, i went it's to Tahoe a few times yeah it's about three and a half from there but uh yeah I we're kind of in the middle yeah you kind of drive through sacramento to get <laughs> get up the mountain you, you do you do that's
1: yeah that's cool. it's, i spent a lot of time in the sort of foothills growing up um it, like getting outside uh all those uh, the american river and like that area i would canoe a lot and go camping a lot so that that area that foothills between sacramento and tahoe i spent a lot of time in those foothills and it's it's pretty nice
0: yeah it's beautiful beautiful yeah up there. well so how did you get into music
1: um when i was a when i was a kid my dad bought my mom a a piano for valentine's day because he thought it was romantic and i was i was about seven or eight um my brother was a few years older and so then we had this piano and they were like well i guess we'll put the kids to lessons because." Sure here's the piano Here's the piano, the, piano the right <laughs> so, so that's how that happened we um st- started at i started around eight and uh yeah and just continued never stopped
0: did you keep playing piano like is that something that you continued I, with?
1: I continue it to this day yeah it's wow. like it's in my it's in my it's in my blood um and I still like practice. Classical pieces. Um,
0: so, you're, are you classically trained then?
1: Yeah, eventually I went to college for classical piano performance. Um, wow. Okay. In, in in outside of Chicago, and uh, so that was. It's always been in my. It's been
0: pretty deep in there. Mm-hmm. In my blood. And obviously, I mean, you have guitars, banjos, everything up behind you. On how, when did those instruments kind of? You know, under-
1: along the way, probably starting in like. I mean, I did piano since eight. And then in junior high, I, I, I started bass, um, and mainly because bass was, nobody played bass in junior high. It was <laughs> like, there were guitarists and there were like band instruments and, and pianists. But, um, I was like, I want to, I want to, you know, play something that nobody's really playing. So I started bass in junior high. And then in high school, my brother had an acoustic guitar. And so I, we would go, uh camping a lot and i would take that because you can't take a piano or a bass well unless you have an acoustic bass but (laughs) it's
0: not the same right they're not the most
1: convenient not the most convenient so i i would (laughs) i would borrow my brother's guitar and uh i figured out how to play some chords on the guitar so like all of all of those things kind of stemmed from the piano but um Mm -hmm. yeah that's and then you know after and in college, I would play in different bands from guitars and basses and keys. And so kind of multi multi depend on what what a certain band needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's Were you in the school band as a piano player. or No, uh, in, in high school. Yeah. Or I, middle school, high school
1: in in middle school. I remember I was in the jazz ensemble and it was, I'm sure it sounded really terrible um but it was a lot of fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and they didn't they had a pianist and they didn't have a bassist like i was saying and and i started on like the keyboard bass it was an old fender Rhodes oh, bass and i That's rad I, like a guitar yeah. <laughs> well it was it was like the vintage fender Rhodes bass which is super they're, they're rare and wonderful now um at the time i was kind of embarrassed to be playing a bass part, part on a keyboard um but now i i definitely want one of those and they're hard to find Um, and that's when I started, uh, bass. And then in high school, I also did bass and piano in the, in sort of the jazz ensembles.
0: Oh, that's cool. Any other bands like rock bands or. Yeah. I played in, played in
1: garage rock bands with, uh, the drummer I still play with today. Uh, James Neal. Yeah. So we kind of grew up playing rock and roll as a, as a trio, um, piano based, uh, sorry, guitar based drums and in a garage. And that was, that was high school rock and roll. And that was a lot of fun and formative at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, playing in shows and songs and stuff. And stuff. You we, did, we did and... a few shows okay. around Sacramento. Um, I mean, high school mainly like garages and parties and stuff. Well, you know, more than, uh, clubs
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're, you know, 16, 17.
0: Sure. That's cool. And then you went to college for. For piano. For classical piano. Classical piano. And talk to me about getting into school. And I'm sure there's some sort of audition process. And
1: there is um, going to a conservatory was was uh, was something I wanted to do. And I decided sometime my senior year of, of high school that I wanted to just learn classical piano. So so that involved doing auditions and and, you know, applying and sort of brushing up or not brushing up, but like really practicing what needed to be practiced in order to get into this into the schools uh some i got into some i didn't um i knew i didn't want to do this to do classical piano as a performance for a living i knew i didn't want to be a stage classical pianist and i knew i didn't want to teach um those are sort of the two main outlets for classical musicians is Mm -hmm. performing or teaching and I, i didn't want to do either of those i just wanted to learn classical piano like i it was it was an, a, an art that i loved and i wanted to learn it and that's why i went to school for it um but and i i had a great i had a great professor dr Pan, uh daniel paul horn and he was he was formative for me i'm i after that sort of my first year i was like this is i just was digging in and and we him and i had a momentum and so Four years of studying under him was was really was really great for me
0: when you said well you said that you didn't want to teach it or play classical piano like on stage or whatever what did you hope to achieve with with the degree or what were you hoping to do when yeah. you finished graduation uh,
1: uh, sort of unlike a lot of reasons why people go to college or school is i mean typically that's to do a career right right um i didn't want to do that and i knew that going in and i i wanted to simply learn the skill as deeply as possible um for for my own sort of artistic and 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 tangible uh sort of satisfaction i guess mm-hmm. um and i and and that's what i did and i you know i don't teach and i don't play classical piano now so I, you know, as, as a person Stuck to your word?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that that kind of worked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but you didn't have, you didn't know, like, did you, I mean, it seems like an awful lot of work for something that you didn't want to really pursue outside of it.
1: Um, it's integral into who I am and what I do now. And it, it, mm-hmm. um, it is, it is like a color in the palette of making music that I do dip into all the time um -hmm. it it, even when i'm you know writing uh a rock and roll song i those roots are there and they're present and they they come through um and it's always sort of a part of my my output and how i how i view and create music sonically Mm -hmm. text um and that that's not to say that what i make is always classically influenced that's not what it is and it's not you know, complicated or or anything like that but it's still like it's it's me and it's who i am and it's how it comes out um in uh in in my music however however it, however it, in in many forms i mean like even just knowing the theory of music and mm-hmm. knowing what can or what has been or hasn't been done yet um those uh, yeah, it's all, it's all kind of part of what comes out. It influences sure.
0: me. No, that, that all makes sense. I'm just, I'm wondering, like, did you know that you wanted to write your own music and pursue a career like more of as an artist when you were there and you are like, okay, well, while I'm here, I'm going to learn everything I can about theory and in classical piano. And I'm, I'm going to use all this in my toolbox to, you know, try to pursue a career as like a solo artist or in a band or, is that kind of the hope after you finished? You know, it, it kind of was, but it all—I
1: I don't know if that was totally in focus um okay. as, as a sort of destination for me. I wanted to. I was always, uh, I was always multi, like playing in different bands, in different genres, and in and in, in and in different sort of on different instruments mm-hmm. throughout the classical piano degree school. Um Throughout those four years, I was doing all sorts of stuff, and I was and I was composing, um, and writing my own stuff. So it was all kind of in the pot mix mixed up in there. And my mm-hmm. focus for going to school was classical piano, but around mm-hmm. all those talented people and like just the energy of cr- the creative energy around me that I found with friends, mm-hmm. like I, I couldn't help, but do all, all of the things. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that answered
0: your question. No, it did. It, it did. And w- with that, like once you finish and you have your degree, uh, what's like the next little stepping stone in, in your career? Like what kind of, you know, what was the next track you took?
1: The next track I took besides uh, doing some, you know, office temp work because okay. I needed to have a job after school. Yeah, sure. Make some you money. <laughs> know, I needed to like pay rent and I was living with friends in Chicago and like life comes at you and you got to, you have to do what you have to do to, Mm -hmm. um, pay rent. So like I, I worked at Chicago temp agencies for whatever day jobs they needed. And I collated papers and I got people coffee and, uh, you know, that sort of, I input numbers. I was really good at inputting numbers on, (laughs) on, uh, for documents, for giant corporations that needed help and with that stuff. Um, anyway, did that for a while before I. Uh, found myself uh, going to a, a studio nearby in Chicago. There was a mutual friend that owned a studio, and that's when that that was a shift for me in terms of getting to know music production in the studio, getting to know okay. microphones, getting to know preamps, getting to know compressors and outboard gear and getting to know how to record things and getting to know how to uh, work with another player and have them hear the right things in their headphones and, that, and how to capture it in, in the computer system. Um, so, uh, I would just hang around the studio with this guy. It was just, it was just this guy, Mark, Mark Messing, he's awesome, very creative. And I would hang around and eventually, and I'd just offer to help, um, sort of like an internship, but it wasn't an internship. I was just like hanging out and like hoping to, to learn stuff. And, and eventually he, he asked me to, you know, help him record something. So I was figuring out microphones and and that kind of thing. And then eventually he asked me to help him write something we would write for, um, live theater or a, or an indie film or a, even a corporate uh sort of industrial thing and we do all this all this stuff and i would just kind of help him and learn from him about sort of the the music production
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and, the, and all the aspects of that which was that was so that was formative for me because as a musician that's I mean, that's not what I learned in college, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't learn about signal flow and, and, and microphones and how to, how to record stuff. I, I was just playing music. Um, I relied on other people to do the recording, you know, if they were sure for engineering or whatever. So yeah, um, that was formative. It was hanging around with him. And then Mm -hmm. eventually I, like, he hired me to just to, to be an assistant and to compose and, and record. And that was great. Um, but that, but that, that was the soon after college, uh, in the, in the, in the few years following college.
0: Okay. And then you ended up, what your first record was scoring a film or you have a soundtrack?
1: Uh, No, I, I eventually moved to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and I did some music.
0: What, what to pursue
1: music. Um, for sure. Chicago soon after, um, soon after 9, 11 happened, the economy took a, took a turn and things like paying for, you know, things like music production and uh, like the entertainment, like the whole industry in Chicago kind of shifted the economy. I mean, it shifted everywhere for sure. Um, but I, you know, I wasn't able to sustain the job there. He had to let me go. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do music. That's when sort of the focus happened for me was, you know, some years after, after college, I was like, I really love the studio and I love figuring out um, how to how to record and capture and produce. Um, so at that point, we moved to Los Angeles and, you know, opened up a credit card and had no money and, you know, put everything on a termed no interest credit card so we could afford to move. Mm-hmm. Or not really afford it. That's not affording it. That's just like winging it um yeah
0: rolling the dice
1: (laughs) and like did i did temp work here because i didn't have a job Mm -hmm. um or anything like it but i i worked hard and i i I did a bunch of you know i had an audio reel and i tried to find studios because there's so many studios here Mm -hmm. in la and the the production it's a bigger industry production wise um it was either la or new york at the time um, and LA is great. So we, and warm, um,
0: and it's in uh, California. Just and it's in California.
1: Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a California boy. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, it was a matter of just trying to reach out to studios and see what I could land and any, I was in, I was I'm willing to do anything sort of production. I did, I mixed audio for a cable network for a bit. I worked uh yeah as an assistant getting the vice president of virgin records coffee um (laughs) that's pretty rad yeah (laughs) yeah so did did a did a bunch of stuff until i landed at a a studio composing for them um and it was it was for um a lot of it was for advertising at the time and i I knew i just wanted to compose in any any sort of way that could possibly make a living um and that 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 um is you know that's a that's the branch of where i have been
0: since then okay okay and that's when did you is that what opened up opus orange like when did you form that it did it was about 2010
1: um and opus orange was like i remember when we moved to los angeles i started opus as a way to show my reel to potential employers okay um and uh so i would put i would like load up some tracks onto the website and it would be like a little about page and i want to write so that people could uh potential employers or anyone interested in hiring me for anything, had some mm-hmm. sort of a reference website to go to.
0: Sure. So
1: that's what that started, um, earlier on. And then eventually starting with my own, with sort of the Opus Orange as an entity, um, that was in 2010. And, uh, it, it did, it's, it came from being at this studio that's, that was rad. Um, and, and recording and 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 sort of finding i always wrote music but like sort of finding what an outlet um and and a, a, a you know getting to distribute music independently was starting to get a little bit more uh not easier just available mm-hmm. um for independent artists um without a label and without uh, sort of support distribution all that all that stuff that typically you needed in order to get your music out mm-hmm. um yeah so that's in 2010 is when we first sort of released an ep
0: okay and, yeah and then when did you start seeing some traction with the project
1: um you know traction's always that's a uh, it's it's enigmatic for sure mm-hmm. uh because I mean, it's still like, I hope to someday get traction. And this is, you know, 11 years later.
0: So, I mean, you you have songs, the millions of plays.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's traction on some songs and there's, I don't, it's hard to tell like how, if people are like just streaming the song randomly on a playlist anonymously, or if they're like invested in who uh we are and what we put out so Mm -hmm. that kind of thing is it's a little enigmatic on the metrics but with traction um but we you know early on from the first EP we had some licensing opportunities which was great um I think we had like an an Apple ad uh place one of the tunes um and then some some like independent films placed some tunes from that first ep so that was you know that was exciting and and uh fun Mm -hmm. uh and and then since then uh we would i guess around in 2014 um we did about a ep called balance and there's a song from that that is is definitely the sort of most streamed or or one of them um uh but uh jeff reagan at um uh, at Sirius, what is it uh alt, uh alt alt nation alt nation mm-hmm. played somehow found it i have no idea how he found it i mean we don't have we don't have a label we don't have anyone like actively pushing uh our stuff but he mm-hmm. found it and started spinning it on alt nation wow um, and that that definitely got some traction and i remember i didn't know this was happening until like weeks after and i was like what we're we're getting <laughs> like played on a <laughs> on a station that's rad and that has
0: like listeners yeah listeners all over the whole country yeah I mean, and they, they were would, would even like a an, terrestrial single signal
1: yeah and they would they would uh announce who the band is like they cared about pushing this stuff and seeing how it like it wasn't like a playlist where you don't know who, you know. Right. Who who this band is unless you really like it and you go to the playlist and look at the band and then click on the band but like yeah, the Alt Nation support was was awesome. Um and that 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 had traction at the time. Um mm-hmm. we haven't sort of done a song like that again. So like, uh, you know, uh the tr- The traction momentum is, 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 is enigmatic and it's, and I, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I was, I'm grateful to Jeff and Alt Nation for, for spinning it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was cool. It was exciting.
0: Like, where were you guys at when this whole virus hit? Um, in, uh, last year, 2020. Yeah, like in 2019 at the end of the year, did you have like big plans that were kind of squashed? Were you working on object lessons? Or... We
1: released uh, Miles from Nowhere right before uh, sort of the lockdown. And oh, that, really? Okay. Yeah, I forget what, um, what month it was. Maybe it was like February or January or something of 2020 that we released the album Miles from Nowhere. Um, so we were trying to push that and then the lockdown happened uh we're you know i mean pushing things is like just screaming into the void of social media for us that's that's how that's how we do it um and it it is it's not i think that's how
0: everybody does it right i mean sure (laughs) and
1: sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't
0: and some people are feeding the beast you know like buying ads and all that yeah some people aren't some
1: people are some people aren't i mean that's what you know even if you have the support of labels and and uh press and all that stuff that does help and they're you know doing a similar thing of shouting into the void but using contacts and using mm-hmm. things that have have Some value Gatekeepers, yeah uh, right but otherwise it's just it is enigmatic the, the pushing of our music to uh as many ears as possible uh, without uh, sort of support mm-hmm. but you know so we, you can navigate
0: my- it Yeah. Miles from nowhere came out and then is miles from San Clemente is a different record.
1: I just you know, I, I follow energy wherever it goes. I follow momentum and like miles from nowhere, um, those songs were, were done. And I went on a, on a, I'll call it a surf trip, but I don't surf. I went on a surf trip with some friends that did surf and we got an Airbnb down in San Clemente and, um, while they were all surfing i had like my little my little acoustic guitar and this little usb microphone and i was like i don't know i'm gonna sit around this airbnb and and sort of reinvent some of the songs that were on miles from nowhere okay in in a in a in a sort of stripped down way and so i was in this airbnb and everyone was gone and so i i did a little a little project. And because of that, I mean, as an independent artist, I can you know, release whatever I want to. And whenever I want to, mm-hmm. so that smiles from San Clemente, eventually I filled it out with a, a, a pedal steel player, Carlin and some synths um, and vocals from Katie, but um, it was a kind of a, a stripped down sort of accompaniment of looking at some of those songs uh, in a different vibe completely. Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool, and you recorded it. I, I mean, uh, probably aside from the other v- additional vocals in the, in the pedal steel in that Airbnb, with just got microphone.
1: Oh yeah, wow! I, I brought like a, I brought like small things like a a uke, and like my little back backpack, my little little Martin guitar, and then uh, a melodica, and so those are the things I had at the Airbnb, and then I tracked those there, and then came back and sweetened it a bit That's with the awesome. uh, pedal steel and the vocals and synths.
0: That's very cool. And when yeah, you start working on uh, object lessons, because that just came out, right?
1: That did just come out. So that was, uh, we released um, Miles From Nowhere before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then during the lockdown, I in my sort of bubble, my drummer, James, and again, we've played in rock and grow- band since high school, um, <laughs> Real quick,
0: did he go to Chicago with you
1: or no? He didn't he
0: did not. He did not. How did you re uh you know, re-link up? Was Back he in, in LA at the time?
1: He's he was in Sacramento and then I came to LA and eventually he moved to LA um and then started uh collaborating again. Cool. Sorry, off yeah. track, but I was just no, curious. That's great.
0: <laughs> great.
1: Um, but he sort of in my uh, lockdown bubble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, was, was in, was in my bubble. So we would go to the studio, the two of us, um, and we just have a, a real stripped down, uh, studio, uh, it, here. And so we have some drums set up and some amps set up and we would just, we would just play music, uh, improvise music together just with guitar and drums. and. And it, and we would do this regular. We just needed some sort of like outlet during that time, especially especially in the first few few months of it. And then out of that, I um I started recording, uh, or getting getting to know how to record drums a little bit better. Um, and because I couldn't get an engineer to, you know, I couldn't just bring people bring more people into the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I was the one engineering some of this stuff. And so I was I, f- experimenting with how to record drums better and improve that skill. Since I was, uh, since, since it was just the two of us,
0: well, um, you had a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you obviously had some knowledge in that because you did the, I, you
1: know. I, I do have knowledge of it, but I, you know, I'm not an engineer. That's not, I, it's good to know how to engineer, but like, like, Our, our, our main engineer, Will Hampton, he he's like an engineer, like in the proper (laughs) sense, like he, he, uh, whether it's, you know, soldering wires to like getting a good kick drum sound, like, and how to, how to, how to finagle the sort of outboard gear Mm -hmm. and and in a real, uh, analytical and, and tweaky and intuitive way that that's not, that's not my skill. And I know, Mm -hmm. you know, an engine, a good engineer is, is a really valuable resource. Sure. (laughs) Um, We, you know, we, as musicians kind of hack through it, um, but there's nothing like a good engineer. Um, but so in this case, without having a good engineer, I became the engineer and, and I do know, you know, signal flow and, and mics and stuff, but still like getting it really good. And trying to improve, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm always trying to improve myself in some in some aspect, some way. So this was, this was a sort of forced way to do a, to practice a skill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, so James and I were just in a groove momentum wise during, this is must've been May and June and July. And, um, out of that came some of these came all of object lessons. Uh, and it started with just acoustic guitar and drums. Um, and, and that's, that was sort of the root of all of these songs was, was that. And then eventually we, you know, filling it out, um, I would, you know, have sessions with just one, one person after the drums and acoustic were tracked, I would just have sessions with like, oh, I I did send the bass player moved to Sacramento. And so I we would work remotely for that. Um, mm-hmm. I sent him the tracks and he sent bass parts back like that kind of thing. I mean, everyone was doing that, of course, during the, during the lockdown, that's how, you know, we as musicians found yeah. our outlets. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, that's how that was born. And, it, you know, it had a, there's something on, you know, it's definitely a band effort and sound, it comes out of it it's not programmed it's not processed it's not quantized it's like oh okay cool this is this is a it, it was it was fun to, to do just like i don't know rock, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know for the lack of a better genre word it's not really rock, but i don't i don't know what it is um but it's 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 a band and, and that felt
0: felt really fun was that the first time you've written as a band in a while or
1: uh James and I really did find a groove together during this process creatively and, and writing wise and, and, and sort of part wise and form, uh, song form and all that stuff. Um, and it, uh, it was one of the first times, um, that was so, that was so sort of, uh, the writing was so collaborative in that, in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love collaboration for sure um in we did a soundtrack called mile mile and a half in which Ber- Bernard Chadwick and I it was totally collaborative um so the sound we well we we even hiked the trail that the film was about with the film crew really um, yeah so that was so it started collaborative you know in the, in the mile, in the mile mile and a half soundtrack so and then when we got back and they made when we got back to town out of the trail and they were making the movie we, um, yeah, we collaborated completely on the writing and production of that soundtrack. Um, so, yeah, Object Lessons is not the not the first and it won't be the last, but um, it was definitely um, not underthought. Just really, in, just intuitive, and we had a momentum mm-hmm. and we followed it, and we didn't overthink. I guess it might have been un- underthought. We just didn't overthink some of the process, and we. Uh, had a lot of fun making it and it was kind of made quickly and Mm -hmm. not and not to be quickly but just because that's what if that's what felt right
0: Mm i'm i'm curious on the the soundtrack so you tell me tell me about this so you walked the trail that the film was about uh like me about this whole film venture i like yeah that that, was a lot of
1: a lot of fun um the john muir trail is uh, you might know it since you're in California, but it's part of the Pacific Crest Trail that goes from Yosemite to Mount Whitney and mm-hmm. then down to the Whitney portal. Um, and so the sort of the crew who became who became great friends and. Um, they started in Yosemite, brought camera gear, brought sound gear in their backpacks for twenty some days. Um, Bernard and I met them well, over Kearsarge Pass and we and and we only spent about eight days with them. Um, And that and that finished the trail. So we got to summit Mount Whitney uh, and and spend that time with them on the trail. I brought a ukulele because I could put it on my backpack. Bernard brought uh, brought a glockenspiel, a toy glockenspiel because that was light. Ish. Um, But yeah, that and then coming back, the the crew, you know, started to, started to form a documentary. um, And Bernard and I, you know, uh, sort of collaborated on the soundtrack along the production of the documentary based on, based on a lot of the stuff that was sort of improvised and written on the trail with them. So, so it was,
0: I, I guess I'm confused. So the film was a, a, regular feature film. And then a documentary was formed based on the travel to shoot the film.
1: No, the film was, and a doc- is a
0: documentary. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I was confused there. That's all right. Okay. So the, 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 the film is a documentary. You guys scored it alongside the crew as you were kind of hiking through yeah. the trail that the documentary was about.
1: Yeah. And then, and then flesh it out in the studio during the post-production.
0: Gotcha, okay. Was it harder to, or I'm sure it's a lot different to write something like that versus a, a record of your own.
1: Uh, it wasn't hard. It, I mean, momentum is important and Bernard and I just had it and it was like really locking, and we were r- writing this stuff and it was fresh off the trail. And so like the momentum matters and like, we followed it and it it wasn't it didn't seem like ch- sort of challenging it felt really natural and
0: and and intuitive mm-hmm. yeah okay that's yeah. cool yeah and and currently i mean the record's out are you playing live at all or uh we we toyed toyed with it there was like a
1: window of of hope of the lockdown like i don't know two months ago (laughs) right um i mean we played at at like a brewery open aired brewery common space down in el segundo great great friends and a great great beer um anyway we did like this brewery show that was the only live show we did and then soon after that it was like hey i think we shouldn't do this anymore (laughs) like it kind of got weird again and so uh we haven't booked anything and but we we are starting to just get together every couple of weeks and play music in a room and that's really important to me um these these they're they're my best friends and we all make music together it's like uh, it's so sweet um and so we get together we're just we've gotten together a few times but we're going to get together just regularly now um and and sort of dust off these songs and and bring them back to life in a live in a live way with the live energy and uh so i mean we're all tired of live streams but at the same time it's a it's a tool Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's a tool that can that has its positive uh positive some silver lining in them but um you know uh, it is fun to just play music with your buds in a room. Mm-hmm. So that's yes, that's what we're, that's sure that what we're doing right good. now. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Adam.
0: Yeah, I have one more question for you before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Uh, constantly create and
1: and keep momentum flowing. I think. Sometimes we as artists have can have a tendency to hold things precious and to almost overwork them. Um, and I would encourage anyone creating to like keep moving. I mean, if you write ten songs, maybe one of them's good. But write ten songs, maybe write 100 songs and maybe one of them is good. But keep creating. Um, and the whole thing is precious.